Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking relentless consistency. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 92 of the Eat Right Nutrition podcast. Today, we are talking about being relentlessly consistent in your fitness journey and why building small habits and consistently executing them on a day by day, meal by meal, week by week, month over month basis is super, super important for your fitness, nutrition, health or even life journey. So Nicole, let's dive into this. I guess we'll start with why is consistency important, Nicole? Well, I mean, that's pretty simple, Darona. If you aren't doing the things repetitively to get to your goal, then, I mean, you brush your teeth every day so that your teeth stay clean, you don't get cavities. If you did it once and then decided only to do it once a year, you probably wouldn't have pretty good teeth. So I think consistency is an accumulation of habits that are done over and over, helping to achieve the goal that you're looking to get to from a long-term standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Nicole, through conversations with clients and through our coaching experience, I think this is a necessary conversation for people to hear. Absolutely. So, you know, Jerome, we've talked many times on this podcast about to our listeners about consistency. This isn't really a new topic for us, but I feel like we want to continue to hammer this home because it's consistently one of the barriers that we experience with clients to achieve their results from a coaching standpoint, which is kind of ironic. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I think oftentimes one of the commonalities with a certain type of client is that they're consistently inconsistent. Yeah. And constantly like, all right, well, Daron, I don't know why I'm not getting results. And I think that there's a conversation to be had that when you hire a coach, you can't just expect results because you hired that individual to coach you. You need to expect results by consistently doing the things that we're asking you to do. And I think we kind of do need to define consistency because There's a misunderstanding around that. Yeah. Yeah. Because oftentimes what I find is that you'll do something 50% of the time and that's considered consistent. Well, Mm -hmm. I had protein with every meal on Monday and Tuesday. And then let's let's say we go this we go through this example every time. Right. Yeah. Well, your goal is 100 grams and you had 100 grams on Monday and Tuesday and then you had 50 on Wednesday and 30 on Thursday and then you had 80 on Friday. And that's what your week looked like. That is not consistent. And what I see, the commonality with the most successful clients is that they are relentlessly consistent each and every day. There's a certain type of personality that gets this right out of the gate. Yeah. And I think we look at those people as like those kind of type A people. Mm -hmm. They kind of have to do things in a consistent way because there's no other way to do that. And they realize that there's no other way to do that. It's kind of like Nicole, like you're saying. If I brush my teeth every day 
And we talked about this offline and we you kind of built up on that as if it was Mm -hmm. small habits. Right. So it's if you brush your teeth every morning morning. in the morning, every day on a consistent basis, and then you build that into, well, now I brush my teeth every morning and every night on a consistent basis. And then you build that into, well, now I brush my teeth in the morning. I brush my teeth at night and I floss at night on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. And now I brush my teeth. I brush my teeth again and then I floss and then I use mouthwash on a consistent basis and you're building habits and you're doing them consistently throughout. And then your likelihood of developing cavities, right? You're at less and less risk as you add those habits one on top of another. The same goes for your results. You are more likely to get results or you are less likely to put on body fat or you are less likely to continue doing this yo-yo thing if you are consistent and relentlessly consistent with what you do on a day-to-day basis. If you brush your teeth on Monday and Tuesday and then you don't brush your teeth on Wednesday morning, then are you going to wait the entire week and then not brush your teeth until Monday? No, that would be <laughs> yeah. that would be ridiculous, right? Because yeah. you wouldn't expect to not have some type of, you know, downfall but by not consistently brushing your teeth. And I think oftentimes people are expecting results and not being consistent and not being honest with themselves about how consistent they are. And I think one of the tools that we use to measure consistency could be a food journal or it could be a a food frequency questionnaire where you're just filling out, okay, well, how frequently did I have these foods? How consistently did I have certain foods throughout the week? Or it could be a habit tracker where you're just saying, hey, I just want to check off the box and say, okay, well, I had protein with breakfast today on a consistent basis every day. You have you have it uh, you have it dated. You Mm -hmm. have it Monday through Sunday or Sunday through Saturday, whatever, wherever the week starts. I mean, I don't know where the week starts anymore, but (laughs) person. Right. So you have it Sunday through Saturday and you just check off. Okay, did I have a protein, a primary source of protein with breakfast? Check, 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 check. Did I take my multivitamin every morning? Check, 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 check. Did I drink uh, 60 ounces of water every day? Check, 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 check. And continuously Mm -hmm. doing that. I think those are useful tools for that process. And there are other examples like, Nicole, we talk about watering the lawn. If you don't consistently water the lawn or the garden. Are you expecting those plants to flourish? No, absolutely not. Your lawn's not going to flourish and it's not going to grow. And you're not going to flourish and you're not going to continue to develop and grow if you're not doing things consistently. Yeah, and I think it's really funny. People don't question the, the example of brushing the teeth because I use that all the time in sessions or watering the plant or the lawn. But they do give me a hard time about eating protein and getting their water in. There's a lot of excuses around those things. But if I told them that, you know, oh, you ha- your lawn doesn't look good because you haven't watered it this season or you didn't take care of it last season, they would go, yeah, you're probably right. So I think what's interesting about that is that it's accepted in one example, but it's not accepted from a health and fitness standpoint. People are like, is that re- I get this all the time. The protein thing. Is it really that big of a deal that I have it every day? And the answer is yes. Like you're coming to me for this advice and this professional recommendation. And I'm telling you that this is the reason why that's important. And you're throwing that off the table or out the window or out the kitchen and and dismissing it like it's not that important. And then you're wondering why things aren't happening. 
So I think the basis of today's episode is if you're someone that is really trying to work your habits, the small habit piece is also dismissed a lot too. Like brushing your teeth and then adding floss and then adding mouthwash, honest to God, my dentist, who was my client, was like, we talk about it all the time in our sessions. And she jokes with me. She's like, you tell me to incorporate protein. I think of that like brushing my teeth. You tell me to incorporate vegetables. I think of that like I tell my patients to floss and add it once a night, even two to three times a week. Start off small, build on the habits and add to things. So it's not a new concept in that aspect. But I think from a nutrition or health and wellness standpoint, it's something that people don't take as seriously or maybe they take it seriously, but it's harder for them to connect to. Well, I think they, they're also not taking ownership of whether or not they're being consistent and how that's linked to the end result that they're getting or not getting, right? Well, Daron, I'm doing everything you're telling me to do. And then I look at what I'm telling you to do and our measures of the progress in that, and you're not consistently hitting those measures, right? And it's yeah. workouts too. We see this in workouts all the time. Are you working out on a consistent basis? And Nicole, this is kind of like a build onto our conversation from last, last week's podcast yeah. of- you need to expect to do things on a consistent basis. If you work out three days a week, one week, and then you don't work out the following week, how are you going to expect to have an adaptation? Now, with the workouts, what I'll say is if you're consistently, let's say for three weeks, you're consistently on track with your workouts three days a week. That's your goal or five days a week, whatever your goal is. Mm -hmm. And then you take a week off. Have you ever realized that one week off you are significantly from a uh, neurological aspect, from a muscular a a aspect, from a, a strength aspect, like things decline very rapidly in that short period of time mm -hmm. that you're not training. So you're always kind of hitting that reset button because you're not consistent. Yeah. And I don't think that people see the cumulative effects of what they're doing on a regular basis. So exercise is really is, is just one of them. Yeah. But when we talk about protein, for example, and we we often drive protein because that's the world that we come from. And the clients that we have, they have goals that are very protein driven. We want to build muscle. We want to lose body fat. And in those goals, if we say we want to build muscle, we need to increase our protein intake. If we say we want to uh, decrease body fat, we want to guess what? We want to increase our protein intake even further because we want to decrease protein degradation and protein turnover. But from a protein intake standpoint, I'll, I'll put it like this. You have amino acid and protein turnover. We don't have storage. Protein is the one thing like you can get away with not eating carbs mm -hmm. because you have glycogen and your body has the ability to turn other things into glucose if you need if you need to, if need be. Exactly. And fat. I, we've got almost an endless amount of fat stored. We've got thousands upon thousands of calories stored in body fat. So we can get away with not eating fat. We can get away with not eating uh, uh, carbohydrates. But for protein, we have no storage. Essentially, what we have is we have what's called the amino acid pool. And the amino acid pool is basically a pool of circulating amino acids that come from multiple different places. It comes from the amino acids that you eat. It comes from breakdown of amino acids or turnover of amino acids, maybe in muscle, or if your body breaks down enzymes or things of that sort, right? So think of the importance of protein in your body for a second. Protein is crucial, not only for building muscle, protein is also crucial for enzymes. Protein is also crucial for creating certain hormones. 
right? So if I'm not consistently eating protein on a, on a daily basis and my amino acid pool, I'll say it lasts about a day, right? Let's say you get max, I don't know, maybe 48 hours out of it. And that's being, that I think is being generous, right? So let's say max, you get two days of a, a, a amino acid pool, which is basically from everything that you've eaten and everything that your body's broken down. And that's yeah. the amino acid pool that your body has to pull from to make hormones, to make enzymes, to build muscle and to do all of these metabolic things that protein does in your body. And you're eating your protein mark twice a week or three days a week. You're not going to have efficient amino acids in that pool. You're not going to have enough amino acids in that pool to do all the things that you need to do on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So you eating protein one day or two days a week is not going to be enough because your body needs to do these things on a consistent basis day after day after day. The other piece to it that I'll mention from a non like what's going on chemically and, and molecularly inside of your body, but from a standpoint of your hunger levels and your satiety and consistently yeah. managing those things, you need to consistently have protein on a regular basis. And I'll tell you what, it goes beyond just the day to day. The clients that have the most success are the ones that are doing it consistent grams of protein on a meal by meal oh, basis yes. each and every single day. If I'm having 25 to 30 grams of protein or 20 to 30 grams of protein on a meal by meal basis, I am doing that every single day, every single meal. And that is going to drive the results that you're looking for. Relentless consistency with what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like you said about the pool, like filling the pool, you wouldn't fill a pool up fast, right? So no matter how much water or protein, you know, as an example, you put in the pool, you can't eat 80 grams of protein in one meal and think you're going to fill the pool up faster because people try and do that too. They do too much too fast. Their body can't utilize it or they get stomach aches so their body can't digest it or, or they their whole week is off because now they've tried to do things too fast. And that's so that's the other side doing it slow or twice a week and not enough is that they try and overdo it very quickly. OK, I'm going to eat all my protein in this one meal or they're going to overshoot their protein for three days and then they can't eat because they're stuffed on the fourth, fifth and sixth day. So the uh, the balance here is really important on top of building into the consistency, because that I find to be another piece too. Nicole, I got this. I'm going to do it. And I just did um, a post today of a brand new client who are like three weeks into our sessions and it took her three weeks to figure out the, the perfect balance of her 130 grams of protein per day, like what foods she liked, how she liked to couple that with her carbohydrates and her fats, what things satisfied her, even with the protein, what things weren't really as filling or maybe she didn't like as much. So it took three weeks for us to not only get her to hit the protein goal, but then also to figure out the foods and the meals and the combinations that really worked for her that felt really good and really satisfying. And then within those three weeks of even just hitting it a little bit more, we started at 80, we went to 100, which is a scoop of protein powder after her workouts, right? Then we went to 120. Now she's down four pounds in the three weeks, just keeping her calorie deficit, let me be clear, and hitting her protein goals. So you got to you got to, like you said, relentlessly consistent is I posted all over Insta and all my stories because it's really important to get on top of that. 
Nicole, you brought up calorie deficit, and I really want to talk about that because the importance of the calorie deficit is that you're consistently doing it on a day-to-day basis. And what I see oftentimes is that you're consistently doing it throughout the week, and then you hit the weekend, and things fall off, and you start to eat basically whatever, and you're not really monitoring your intake. And then you're, like we talk about, your net deficit or your net caloric intake for the week is now no longer a deficit. So it's important to consistently every day focus on being in that deficit. And if you're in that position where, okay, well, I want to give myself a little bit more leeway on the weekends, then maybe calorie cycling might be something that you want to consider, like you and I have talked about, Nicole. The other piece that I want to talk about is essential nutrients and taking those in on a consistent basis. Because back to the protein thing is there are amino acids that are essential, which means our body doesn't make them, which means that we need to consistently consume them on a regular basis. Because if we're not consuming them consistently, then we're missing things and we can't build certain things. So that's also why it's important to hit that daily dose or daily amount of protein. The same thing goes for fatty acids. And I'll go as far as to say, physiologically speaking, these things take time, right? So if I'm looking at essential fatty acids like omega-6 and omega-3 balance, and I'm saying, hey, we want to create a situation where we're reducing inflammation in the body. And we want to do that through increasing our omega-3s and maybe decreasing our omega-6. I'll put a disclaimer. Omega-6 isn't necessarily bad for you. It's context is everything. If you're eating too much processed refined foods, you're getting too many omega-6s and not enough omega-3. And in some instances, we'll say, hey, we need to reduce our consumption of processed foods. Refined seed oils are, are the common theme in all of those foods. And we need to either eat more fish or start supplementing with the fish oil. And in that, that inflammatory process, like it's going to take time to reduce inflammation. Yeah. Physiologically speaking, you need to be consistent with things for things to change. Right. Another example of consistency and physiology is in exercise. You can't expect to have a physiological drastic change. Like people just look at exercise from a standpoint of, well, I'm just burning calories, right? That's the only thing that fucking matters when I'm exercising is calories, 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 calories. And if I just hear that calorie, like if I hear one more time that calories are the only thing that people are focused on, in in actuality, what we're looking at is we're looking at long-term physiological changes that are going to happen by you consistently doing something. So if you're consistently doing cardiovascular exercise for prolonged periods of time, you're going to have metabolic adaptations that are going to make you more efficient. Right. If you're consistently lifting weights for prolonged periods of time, you're going to build more muscle. You're going to become uh, less insulin resistant, more insulin sensitive. Mm -hmm. You're going to process carbohydrates a lot better. If you're doing your cardio on a consistent basis, you're going to increase mitochondrial density. You're also going to increase the efficiency of that mitochondria. If you're consistently putting yourself in calorie deficits from time to time and you're you're, you're strict with that. You're going to create metabolic autophagy where your body gets rid of things that it doesn't need. Right. Yeah. And it's going to get rid of old, useless mitochondria. They're going to get engulfed and you're going to have a, a situation where if you start eating more, or you start doing cardio, you're going to create new, more efficient mitochondria. Right. So all of these things are going on only if you're consistent. It's not like you worked out for a day and your body just met shifted metabolically. Right. If you're looking for long-term success, you need to be relentlessly consistent in your exercise, relentlessly consistent with your protein intake, relentlessly consistent with your fluid intake, 
right? Because that's going to dictate, I mean, studies on, on fluid intake show as much as a 10% decrease in exercise performance with as little as a a 2% decrease in hydration status, right? So if you think about that and how you're going to perform in the gym, if one day you're dehydrated, the next day you're hydrated, like how are you going to follow that progressive overload model and consistently build strength and muscle and decrease body fat if you're not consuming adequate water on a day-to-day basis? And the reason being is because all of metabolism happens in a fluid-based medium. It happens in water. So you're slowing down metabolism just by not being hydrated on a consistent basis. What does that mean? That means, well, breaking down proteins into amino acids to build muscle, to build hormones, to build enzymes, all the things we just talked about, breaking down fatty acids, using them for energy, breaking down carbohydrates, using them for energy. All of the things, neurotransmitters, like literally everything that's happening in your body happens in a fluid-based medium. So it would make sense for you to be consistent, relentlessly consistent with your fluid intake. Yeah, that is definitely the, (laughs) that's the highlight, relentlessly. Relentlessly, like you you literally have have to. to be on it, yeah. And the same thing, listen, all of these things tie together, all the habits that you're trying to build, they all tie together, right? So like sleep, for example, That affects your hunger hormones, which is going to affect what you eat, how you eat, the decisions you make. It also affects your insulin sensitivity, which we talked about. Exercise also affects your insulin sensitivity. Mm -hmm. It also affects your stress hormones, your cortisol, right? So lack of sleep is going to affect how much cortisol you're creating, how much cortisol your body's pushing out. It's also going to affect what times of day your body's going to, you're going to, you might have a shift in your circadian rhythm because you're not getting adequate sleep. Your, your exposure to light, all of these things, right? Your neat, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, that is also affecting your insulin sensitivity. It's not just one thing. It's you have to be consistent with all of these things, all these different modalities. Managing your stress is going to affect your sleep. Managing your sleep is going to affect your stress, right? (laughs) All of these things are tied together. Managing your stress is also going to affect your hunger cues. Sometimes, Nicole, we've talked about hunger cues and stress starvers and stress eaters. What kind of a person are you? How is that going to affect you? You need to know how you need to manage your stress on a consistent basis. Listen, if you're going to meditate, it's not enough for you to you have stressors coming at you in 16 hours of your waking time every single day. Do you think that one hour a week of meditation or 10 minutes a week of meditation is really going to mitigate all that stress that's coming at you? Of course not. You need to be consistent with that. You need to be consistent with the foods that you're eating. Let's say your fiber intake. How is that going to affect changes in your microbiome? How long is that going to take to create those changes in your microbiome? You know, we look at like like disease states, for example. Mm -hmm. You didn't get there by, by doing something once right? Mm -hmm. You also didn't get fat by doing something once. Exactly. You got there by doing something on a consistent basis. Perfect example. I'll use the microbiome. I'll use the the digestive stuff. Okay. Chronically low intakes of fiber over long periods of time is going to be a risk factor for colorectal cancer, right? That much we know, but you're not going to not eat enough fiber one day And then the next day you've got colon cancer, 
yeah. right? That's something that's consistent over long periods of time. And mm-hmm. there need to be physiological changes. Some of those physiological changes include changes in your uh, gut microbiome. You're not producing short chain fatty acids that are going to be beneficial to the health of your colonocytes. You are uh, you're eating certain foods or not eating certain foods that are going to degrade the mucosa, which is the, the lining inside of your gut. Right. That and that's going to cause some irritation and long term, that's going to cause some issues and potentially may lead to growth of cancer cells because you're suppressing um, glucagon like peptides. You're suppressing uh, tumor necrosis factor. You're suppressing all of these things by not eating a healthy diet. But these things are happening over the course of years and years and years. And then one day you wake up. And it's like, oh, well, shit, I've got colon cancer. Yeah. But like, it's not it's not like you got that just by one day. So these shifts that are happening in your body metabolically from a health standpoint, from a results driven standpoint, from a metabolic standpoint, these are all happening from consistently doing things each and every day. So if you the message here is if you are not consistently driving things that are going to push you towards the results that you want, then you aren't going to, you're just not going to get those results. Well, and that's the, you have to continue to do them. I say this probably a bazillion times a day, what you did to get to a place where you are now, whether that be high body fat, high weight, disease state, or even just, you don't feel good in your genes. You were doing something to get you there. That didn't just happen. So now take a breath, take a step back and let's make a plan to re not reverse, but get you back on track to get out of this state. In order to get out of this state, you have to change your mindset. You have to change your behaviors and you can't keep doing the same things day to day and expect a different result. So going based off of everything you just said, so that's a lot, right? We have a lot of things that we have to be consistently, relentlessly consistent at to create a healthy body, mind, everything. So in order to do that, how do we start the process of being consistent with all the things that Jerome just listed without feeling extremely overwhelmed or maybe feeling like it can't be done or feeling like it's it's hopeless because maybe you are in a place where you're not happy with where you are. And this is where we enter in all of the small habits that we talk about all the time and how to build on those habits like brushing your teeth, adding floss, and then adding mouthwash is getting your protein meal to meal, then vegetables once a day then good healthy fats at dinner, whatever we set for those metrics of change and habits that we're going to build on and add to, which also makes the coaching process not fast. It's not something, you know, people, I'm going to sign up for three months. I'm like, okay, we could probably focus on maybe two or three of your main goals in those three months. But over the years of coaching, I now start getting commitments for six months minimum and a year is my sweet spot with clients so that you guys can really work on these small things and build on them so that they're long-term changes. They last a long time. And then all the things Jerome's listed actually start to happen. And, you know, the clients, like you said, that are very successful are clients that, you know, they may not coach for three years in a row. A lot of my clients will be with me for a long period of time, but a lot of them will pop in and out. Let me try this on my own for a couple months. I said, okay, practice, stay in touch, keep, keep me in mind. And I build, you know, really great fun relationships with clients because I want to know what's going on. It's, it's, it is hard to do this. Like consist being relentlessly consistent is not simple. If it was, everybody would easily do it. And Jerome, you and I probably wouldn't have any jobs. 
you bring up a good point with your client where you're talking about, okay, well, it took you three weeks to get your protein. Now you need to be consistent with that for at least a month. And then we need to move forward from there. You need to get real comfortable consistently doing one thing and then start yeah. adding things. You're not going to jump into this process head first. Yeah. And, and the, the, the sessions that we do in between like each week, she was like, I'm so close. I'm almost there that we tweak and talk about food choices and we tweak and we talk about a few more things you could add in or change. So, you know, we didn't focus on the weight. We, I didn't weigh her in every week. We weren't focusing on, okay, loss, loss, loss. Every week has to be a loss because that's really not, first of all, it's not going to happen. So that's epic disappointment when. Well, you know. I think it's a very dangerous place to be in where you're yeah. just focused on loss, loss, loss every single week. Yeah. Because then the reality is, is what happens when you've you've hit that goal? Then it's like, all right, well, this is just a destination and that's it. And mm -hmm. that is the thought process, Nicole, that gets people into that yo-yo because they're like loss, loss, loss every week. OK, cool. I hit that goal. Check mark. I'm done. I don't have to do these things anymore. And this is exactly what I mean. You need to be consistent. You don't need to be consistent in your fat loss week to week. You need to be consistent in your habits. And then you'll be consistent in whatever result you desire. But first, you need to be consistent with those things. I'll say even when I don't have a goal, I'm consistent with my protein intake and making sure that every I don't even have to measure it. I'm just making sure that I'm having a source of protein with every single meal. I'm making sure that I'm having uh, X amount of vegetables, X amount of fruit, whatever I'm eating. Right. I'm still I still have those habits. So when people are like, man, Daron, like you eat you're not monitoring, you're not tracking, or you you're eating a bunch of cookies during the week or whatever it is. Right. I'm like, yeah, but I'm so consistent with the other things that it doesn't matter. Those little things that I do here and there, how I'm able to stay in shape is I'm still consistently working out. I'm still consistently burning calories. I've consistently worked for years and years and years to create a metabolically favorite and favorable environment. Right. People look at me and they're like, Daron, you look at a dumbbell and you just grow. And I'm like, well, no, it's just because over consistent years of creating this environment, my body responds very well. Maybe there's some small genetic factor there, but my body responds well because I've positioned myself in a place where I can do certain things and get the desired outcome because I've been doing them for so long. Yeah. Well, we talk about earning your easy, you know, you you work in all of these habits. It's like your teeth, like things get, things are cleaner. Things are more optimal. Your gums are healthy. And then my dentist is like, great, no cavities. You earned your easy. You can, you know, if you want to enjoy something on your way home, celebrate. And not, and I laugh because when I was a professional dancer, I had a lot, I had a candy problem, like a really serious candy issue. Reese's peanut butter cups, Kit Kats, gummy bears. Like, Did you binge on candy because you starved yourself? Probably, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> Maybe we should. But I was consistently, I was relentlessly consistent with my candy intake. I had a candy drawer. Um, and I had, and the reason why teeth comes up all the time for me is because I had cavities because of the way I was eating. And then my dentist, you know, we had these conversations. It is kind of funny because over time, all the changes that I made to my food 
was something that she was so impressed with. She's like, well, okay, if you make these changes and you're consistent, then maybe I can trust you to help me get back into shape after my first, her, after her first baby. So that's how that came up. But I think the other thing too, that's important is the speed in which the consistency builds is something to really, um, I don't know if it's maybe find some grace for yourself. Like, you know, I have some clients that after three weeks hit their rhythm and they're creating change. And I have some clients that it takes maybe two, three months before they hit their rhythm. They're in and out. They're maybe a little bit harder on themselves when they don't hit their protein goal. So I had to kind of, you know, talk them off the ledge and bring them back down and refocus. So I feel like it's important if you're listening to this and you're someone that maybe needs more practice in hitting protein goals or getting your water in or finding different ways to make that something that's consistently happening, don't beat yourself up. It's totally fine to need more time to figure out what works best for you. But once you find it, then, then be relentlessly consistent about, you know, hitting the mark that really works best for you and, and then knock it out of the park. Yeah, I think it's important not to be hard on yourself and to give yourself that opportunity to succeed with that. And if you have the intent of being consistent, then you're that's half the battle. You just have to figure out how to work that into your day. I'm not saying that those things are going to be easy. You're going to have changes in hunger, changes in satiety, changes in appetite, changes in energy levels, changes in mood. And you're going to have to navigate those things as you're going through this process and figure out, OK, well, given these changes in my body and how I'm feeling now, how am I going to be able to execute this moving forward? Right. Mm -hmm. It's all trial and error and different foods. Right. You're going to have to try and figure out, OK, well, if I'm saying, hey, you need to get more vegetables in and get more fiber in. OK, well, what is optimal for you in, from a scenario of cooking vegetables, not cooking them from a scenario of what's going to be more filling, what's going to be more satiating, what's going right. to be maybe less satiating in certain aspects. Right. And where do we need to progress and where do we need to scale back? And from a habit building standpoint, what I always say is. It's easy for you to it, the easiest way to start for most people is oftentimes I'll say, hey, let's make a list of habits, right? I want to get X amount of ounces, like half my body weight in ounces of water each day. I want to consume uh, 100 grams of protein in a day. I want to consume uh, a serving of vegetable with each meal. I want to go for a walk every day. I want to get three workouts done a week, right? Just write down a list of all of these habits that you need to execute on a consistent basis and then rate from one to 10, 10 being the easiest to execute, one being the hardest to execute and find the ones that are in a range of anywhere from, let's say seven or eight to 10, right? Let's call it seven to 10. So find the ones that are the easiest to execute and you'll be consistent with those up front. And then the ones that are a little bit harder, you'll notice that if you re-rate those, yeah. they'll become visually easier, you'll be like, all right, well, I can tackle this because I've been doing X, Y, and Z. I've been getting my water intake in. I've been getting my vegetables in and I've been hitting my protein mark. I thought fat was going to be uh, like a two for me, but now fat seems more like a seven. So I'm going to execute on that. And right. those things will seem easier because you've consistently done other things. And you're like, oh, like, you believe in yourself. And the reason yeah. why you want to start with the ones that are a seven to 10 and not start with the ones that are more difficult is because small you, wins, you want wins, you want victories, you want things that you can be proud of yourself for that. You can high five yourself and say, wow, I'm capable of doing this. All right. What's next? What can I tackle next? Mm 
yeah. you know, Nicole, it's kind of it's kind of similar to what people say with uh, like credit card debt, where they're like, if you're in if you're in deep in your credit card debt, like let's say you have three credit cards, one of them you got 20 grand on the other one, you've got five grand Yikes. on and the other one you have a few hundred. You're not going to tackle the one with 20K debt on it right off the bat because that's overwhelming. So you start with the one that's easiest to tackle and move out of the way. You've got $500 on a credit card. All right, pay that off, pay the minimums on the other ones, Mm -hmm. and then move on and progress to the ones that have more and more. So the same concept you do with your nutrition and your fitness, you tackle the ones that are easier up front, and then you progress to the ones that are a bigger chunk that are going to be more difficult to tackle. Yeah, there's nothing more satisfying than crossing off the 10, the ones that are seven to tens that you, you knock out of the park for a good six months that to like just zip, 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 cross them right off the list and go to the next one. We talk about action, taking action, which creates a result, which drives motivation. So if you're crossing those things off and knocking them out of the park, you get excited to do the next ones that once seemed hard, but maybe aren't now because you're motivated to do them too. And the other piece with consistency, Nicole, is keep in mind that the things that you've just done as you cross those things off, you're going to have to continue to do. Yes. You're not going to drop those and do something different. You're just going to keep building layer on top of layer on top of layer on top of layer. And I don't expect no setbacks. I don't expect a day here and there where you're just I'm not really feeling it. Right. But if you look at the course of a month, two months, three months, six months, what was the percentage of time that you executed versus not? And that's Mm -hmm. what's going to make or break the difference. Nobody is on point all the time. Yeah. But the percentage of how consistent you were 80, 90, 95%. Mm -hmm. If, if 90% of the time you were doing what you needed to do and you were consistent with it, you're fine. That 10% is not even going to over the course of six months, a year, that 10% is not even going to matter. Yeah. Right. You're looking at, let's say over the course of 300 days, 10%, you're looking at 30 days, Yep. 30 days in the grand scheme of 300 days doesn't matter. So just keep that in mind that you may not be on all the time, but you need to be on the majority of the time. Yeah. But that's what you just said about that's why I, I like having clients for a year, because if you haven't done something for 30 days over the course of the year, 30 days spread out over the course of the year. It doesn't even touch you. It's nothing. If you've done something, if we're meeting for 30 days and you haven't done anything for 25 of the 30 days, well, that's a very big difference, right? And in, in the percentage of success. So th- when people come in with a 30, a three month goal, I just want to do this for three months. I'm like, oh man, we can get started for sure. And it's a good, pl- good place to start, but you're setting yourself up for epic failure. If you think after 30 days, all of the things that we've just listed that you need to tackle. And even if that's not, if you don't have to do all of those things, maybe you're someone that's already fit and in shape and it's the last five pounds and you just have a few things to tweak and you can do those in three months. Okay. Maybe that's like an exception to that rule. But even then, you know, I talk about this a lot. The reason why I like one year is because, I mean, in Boston, we go through four seasons, right? We go through winter, spring, summer, and fall. And each of those seasons has holidays, birthdays, the seasons of different types of foods, you know, pumpkin spice lattes in the in the fall or ice cream in the summer and all of the different shifts and 
um, changes that happen in those seasons are things that I liked to walk through with clients during the coaching experience. How did you handle the summer when you went on vacation, when you, when ice cream was all around, what type of difficulties and challenges did you, you know, experience? Or so, Nicole, to your point, go ahead. I have, a, for me personally, I have a harder time with things in the winter. Well, yeah, and I think it's because I, yeah, I'm outside. I'm outside less. I'm I'm uh, mm -hmm. uh, less exposure to light or sun. Right. Mm -hmm. You're a little bit more depressed. You're a little bit more tired. You probably sleep more. Right. So going through those, yeah. that's where that kind of rang a bell for me is that going through those different seasons, you're going to be in a different mood based yes. on the season. Right. Yeah. Colder outside, you get outside less. How do you handle mm -hmm. that? It's much harder to get up in the gym. We talk about this all the time. If you're a 530 a.m. exerciser, it's not impossible, but it is definitely a different feeling getting up at 530 to work out in a, on a freezing cold winter day than it is on, you know, a 65 great spring, happy, sunny, sunshine day. Um, and maybe not for everybody, but, you know, that can be a factor. And so I like going through the seasons of change when you're trying to work through all of those habits, those small habits, and they build. And then you even get there. You got all 10 habits. You're knocking it out of the park. And then the holidays hit. How do you handle it? What type of obstacles come up? Um, I think that the one year of managing your expectations, which is what we talked about in our last podcast episode, and then layering in today's topics of consistency and habit are things that you want to um, explore and enjoy the process of figuring out how you feel during those times. Well, it's about being relentlessly consistent through those seasons. And if you make it through that full year being consistent, by the end of that year, you're going to be unstoppable. So you just have mm -hmm. to give yourself that opportunity to be consistent. With all that being said, I just want to kind of leave you on this note. Consistency drives those metabolic adaptations that you are looking for. It does, Disease states don't happen overnight. And st states of your body, priming your body metabolically to be more efficient and to be healthier also doesn't happen overnight. It takes a very long time. And it also takes a long time, like what we've been talking about from a habit standpoint, psychologically speaking, it takes a long time for you to be consistent with these things, for it to stick, and then for you to want to continue to drive these things over and over again. Mm -hmm. So relentless consistency is the theme. I think you need to think about it as this is my journey. It's not a destination because once you think it's a destination consistency, you can forget about it, right? You need to think about the journey and what you need to do along the way on a consistent basis. And with that being said, if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week.